Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Hey, so I heard during that welcome time that we're struggling figuring out who to cheer for tonight. So let me help. Let me help. I know it helps me to have some personal connections. When you like can string it all together and have some connection somehow to one team or the no- another, it can help you cheer for that team. So uh, we're going to talk about the Bengals. And in the 80s, in the 80s, Jim McClare was a linebacker for the Bengals. He is currently still one of the top 50 players uh, ever on the Bengals team. He's in the Hall of Fame uh, for their team. And he, his family lived in Mayville when I grew up in small town Mayville, North Dakota. My brother and one of his sons played basketball together in high school. His wife, Mrs. LeClaire, was an elementary school teacher when I was going to elementary school. And then he went to play football at Crookston before he went to UND, before he got drafted to play for the Bengals. Uh, I went to the University of Minnesota Crookston, played college basketball there. Uh, The phenomenal bass player that played today here at Prairie Heights, his name is Jordan. He's a great friend of mine. He went to Crookston as well. And Jim McClare was his football coach for a year. So there's some connections there. And today we can remember Jim LeClaire. He passed away a couple years ago. And so we can remember his legacy uh, as a father, as a dad, as a football player. Uh, The second one is Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow is the current, if you didn't know, he's the current quarterback for the Bengals. And what I love about growing up in North Dakota is since we don't have any professional teams in our state, uh, specifically for football, we just take credit, right? We just take credit for anyone that has any connection to North Dakota. And so Joe Burrow lived in Fargo in uh, 2002 and 2003 when his dad got onto the NDSU football coaching team when Craig Bull came here to coach NDSU football. And there was an article in the paper a couple weeks ago where one of the assistant coaches had seen Joe Burrow as a young elementary student who went to Centennial Elementary here in town. And some, some of you do, and your family does, that's awesome. And he saw him throwing a football as a young elementary school student, and he said, he's great. So we can take credit for Joe Burrow. If you don't have anybody to cheer for tonight, you can cheer for the Bengals and uh, have a little bit of connection there. Well, today we're going to use a football field. We're going to use a football field as an analogy for today's message and today's topic. What we're going to use that football for is how to create boundaries in our life, how to create boundaries. So let's get some definitions about boundaries as we head into today's message. Webster Dictionary definition of a boundary. What's a boundary? A boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area. So you can think about a few boundaries in your life, maybe a property line. That's a boundary. You can think about uh, other boundaries that you might have in your life that set a limit on an area. You know, a lot of kids, if they share a room, they like draw a line down the middle of the room and say, this is my side. And this is your side. Don't cross the boundary line that we have drawn. So that's the Webster Dictionary. But when we think about boundaries, 
And we think about our personal boundaries, the boundaries that you put in place in relationships with people. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, he is a psychologist well-known in the business world and leadership world in helping organizations really have healthy uh, teams and healthy people, healthy relationships. He is like the number one expert on boundaries. So we're going to hear from him on what, about, what are boundaries. What's his definition of a boundary, a personal boundary? He says, boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and where somebody else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership, knowing what I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. So this idea that when we know what our boundaries are and we begin to set those boundaries that we understand what we have to take ownership of. And as we learn how to take responsibility for the things that are ours, there's a lot of freedom in that. And so in true form with our series today, It's Not You, It's Me, this boundary conversation, it's about, it's about me. So it's about me, it's about you, but it's not about the other person in the relationship. You gotta own your part. So that's what we're talking about with this boundaries conversation. And what would happen tonight if, as you're watching the Super Bowl, what if they all of a sudden said, special announcement? We're not gonna have any sidelines. There's gonna be no refs. There's gonna be no rules and regulations for today's game, no penalties, no time limits, no goal lines. What would happen? It would be chaos. The game would be absolute chaos, and how would you even know who would win the game? You wouldn't know who would win the game. And so just like in football, when there aren't boundaries in your life or in your relationships, it becomes very difficult to win at relationships. So what we're going to talk about is how, 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 how can boundaries lead to healthier relationships? How can boundaries lead to healthier relationships in our lives? I've outlined three specific steps, three not easy they're not easy steps, but three simple steps that you and I can learn, that we can practice, that we can put into place in order to have healthy boundaries in our life. You will notice as I go throughout the message, I'm going to use a lot of examples of a dating relationship because I want to I target, I want to be specific to middle school, high school, young adult, uh, any age that's in a dating, uh, dating relationship stage of life, but I am telling you, these three steps, no matter what relationship, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you uh, have a story of divorce and you're now single again, all of these things can be super helpful for each and every one of us with friends, family, and in romantic relationships. So step number one, set your boundaries. Set your boundaries. Have you even thought about your personal boundaries? Have you thought about that? Do you have an idea of what your boundaries are and how to set your boundaries? On the football field, the very first sideline for us today, for today's topic, is setting your boundaries. According to Dr. Henry Cloud, he explains why. Why? Why would you even want to have boundaries? He says, boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with their consequences. 
And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. We must own our own thoughts and clarify distorted thinking. What does all that, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that when we understand and set our own boundaries, we can communicate that to others. When we know what our boundaries are, we can then tell that to other people in relationships as well as live in freedom of owning our responsibility of the life choices that we make. One thing I wanna talk about in a dating relationship, and this might shock a lot of us, like shocker. Do you know what the goal of a dating relationship is? The goal of a dating relationship is to find out if that other person is somebody that you wanna spend the rest of your life with in marriage. I know. It's countercultural. Right now, if we, if we just took a look at our culture, you would look at many dating relationships and that would not look like the goal. But if that is the goal, if the goal of any dating relationship is for you to figure out if the other person is somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with in marriage, you've got to have an understanding of what your boundaries are. You have to understand what your values are that you are going to begin to express to that other person as you get in relationship. And what's so important is that you know those first before you get into a relationship. Now, I know, I know, there's a lot of you, you're already in a relationship. I promise you over the next 20 minutes, there's other stuff that's going to come up. Time for lots of conversation after this. Uh, I want, don't close down, okay? Don't close down. It's never too late. You can always... Uh, you can always ask for forgiveness. We'll get to that in just a second. If you're single, I want to do a myth buster real quick. There is no one right person out there for you. There's no like, oh, they're the one. Like, all of a sudden in this world, it's me and then there's one other person. And I'm like supposed to find that one person that God intended me to be with. That's like total myth buster. But here's what you can do if you are single is you can begin to develop your values and your boundaries before you do meet the one. What would it look like if you became the one before you met the one? Okay, at this point you might be thinking, like how do I start? If I've never thought about this, how do I actually start walking into setting some boundaries in my relationships, in my life? And you can start very simply Define what are the limits for your spiritual life. What are the limits for your spiritual life? What, is, what are your expectations of how you want to share a faith journey with your partner? What are the limits that you have physically in your dating relationship? What are those limits? What are the limits that you have emotionally? And it's so wise, if you can, to know what those are before you get into any dating relationship. So, what happens if you're already dating? Like I said, I know, many of you may be in a dating relationship, a very committed relationship. What happens when you're in a relationship and you have recognized your boundaries, you've even communicated your boundaries, and somebody else keeps pressing on those boundaries? What happens when somebody is pressing on those boundaries. What do you do? Especially if you love them, what do you do? Well, I'm gonna talk through a case study. 
I, rare, I don't think I've ever done this. So this is just an example case study. And why am I sharing this today? Because I think one of the hardest things for you and I when it comes to boundaries is we might have a good idea of the boundaries we want to set for ourselves, but it is so hard to communicate that. It becomes so difficult to say it out loud and to communicate clearly what those boundaries are. And so this case study is of a, a girl who's dating a guy and she's explaining her story to Dr. Henry Cloud and he's responding to her. So let's go through this together. It says, I don't know what to do with my boyfriend, Stephanie said. We're having problems, but I love him a lot. He's just not into the spiritual life. He pushes me for sex and my values are important to me. So we get into a fight over being physical. And it doesn't seem like I'm a high priority to him. We do spend time together, but I feel like I'm second to everything. I don't mind that he has hobbies and has friends. It's great. But I seem to always come in second. Have you ever thought this? And you can do role reversal. Maybe uh, you're a guy dating a girl and she's constantly with her friends and you've asked for more time and she hasn't given you time and energy into the relationship. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just saying, I love him a lot. I love him a lot. But I've asked for these things. And it just keeps happening over and over again. Dr. Henry Cloud said, how long have you been together? Almost a year, she said. So what's the problem? She said, I love him and I want us to get married. But these things are bothering me. I don't know what to do, she said. Sometimes it seems as though I should end it. He goes, so why don't you? I told you, I love him. So what? I don't think you should just throw away love. It's too precious when you find it. He says, throw away love is a pretty tough phrase. I don't think that's how I'd put it. But let me tell you what I'm hearing. I hear something from you that is very, very common. You've gotten the cart before the horse. Have you ever found yourself in a relationship, any kind of relationship, where you've gotten the cart before the horse? You've gotten further down the road and you've realized, hold on a second. We gotta go back. There's some things that we have to process. There's some things from our past that we gotta dialogue about. She says, how? And he says, you're evaluating this relationship. Listen into this. You're evaluating this relationship by your attachment to him instead of by what you value. Let me ask you something. What do you want in a husband? She says, I want someone who is committed to me, is spiritually compatible, lives out our values, stuff like that. Be thinking about what is it that you want in a healthy partner in a dating relationship? What is it that you want in a healthy partner in your marriage relationship? What is it that you want in a friendship? What are the things that you value in that relationship? So he explains, those are good things to want in someone you commit to. Now, if you had never met your boyfriend and I said to you, Stephanie, I have a guy for you to fall in love with and marry. I want to fix you up. He is available, and you will probably find him attractive. But he won't pay attention to you. He will pursue his interests over the relationship. He is not into keeping his spiritual values. He is spiritually passive. He will leave, leave you alone a lot while he does his own thing and get bugged at you when you try to talk about it. And he will pressure you to have sex, even though he says the same values you do and says he is committed to waiting until marriage. But I think you will love him. What would you say? Do you want him? And she said, no. 
I would ask you to find me someone else. And he said, exactly, because your values and your senses would be leading your selection process instead of your attachment to him. But now, because you love him, your attachment to him is getting in the way of seeing what you want and what is vitally important. Have you ever been there? Where your attachment to her was so much so that you were ignoring a bunch of stuff. Your attachment to him was so much so that you were ignoring a bunch of stuff. She said, so what do I do? And I want you to really lean in and listen to this. And I know it's longer. I did it on purpose because here's again what we struggle with. We struggle with the language. Like, what do you say to somebody? Lean into this. He says, you lead with your values and what you want. That's boundaries. Know what you want. And you don't have to allow other things into your life. You lead with your values and what you want. You say, Joe, I'm looking for a certain kind of relationship with a certain kind of person. The person I will ultimately commit to is honest, loving, responsible, spiritually committed, able to value the relationship in me, as well as his own interests, and respectful of my boundaries, and he lives out our spiritual values. That is who I want to be with right now. That is not you. You do not do these things, and we have talked about how you don't many times. You know what they are. So until you are that person or seriously are becoming that person, I cannot be with you. I will wait for that person. I hope you do become that person. I want that person to be you, but right now you are not. Let me know if you become him. Until then, I have to move on. It's that last part where I think you and I get tripped up a little bit, is saying, here's what I want. Here's what I've asked for. Here's the values that I believe God has invited me to follow. And you're not living up to it right now. I want you to be that person. But your behavior is saying otherwise. And until you change your behavior, we can't be in this relationship. I've talked about the wisdom book from the Bible, Proverbs, a lot in this series because whenever we are finding ourselves in positions where our decisions maybe are a little unwise, I've made unwise decisions, let's dig into Proverbs and, say what, and hear what it says. In Proverbs 19.19, which I gotta say, when I, heard, when I said 19.19, I thought about 19.19 root, uh, root beer. Anybody else? 19.19 root beer, it's so good. You should drink more of that tonight. <laughs> Wisdom wisdom. Proverbs 19, 19. It says a hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them and you will have to do it again. God's been about setting boundaries from the very beginning. God sets boundaries because he loves us. God believes in boundaries. Everything I already just talked about is very godly. Sometimes we think, well, we're not loving them if we're setting boundaries. No, it's very godly to set boundaries. What it says right here in Proverbs, a hot-tempered person, and that, you could put that adjective, you could, a person who is uh, going outside of God's boundaries, a person who is not respecting your boundaries, if you rescue them, if you keep allowing them to do that behavior over and over again, that's what it says. You're going to have to keep doing that again and again and again, and some of you have allowed and are allowing people to be outside of your boundaries. 
on the football field, when you look at your boundary, have set your boundary, what you have been doing in the game of football is you've been outside, you've allowed people to be outside of your boundaries consistently and you find yourself punting the ball. You just keep punting the ball over and over and over again. And here's what I wanna tell you, you can stop punting the ball. You can make a choice and with God's help, you can get back on the field, you can get back inside your boundaries, you can set boundaries, you can communicate that and you don't have to allow people to continually cross your boundaries. When you set your boundaries and when you stay accountable to that, what actually happens, because again, right, we, get, we think it's restrictive we think boundaries and, and think of like a budget. A lot of people don't follow a budget financially because they think it's too restrictive when that is also a myth buster because what happens is when you don't have a budget, you don't know where your money's going and your money is in control. When you have a budget, it's actually super freeing and super safe because you know where your money is going. Boundaries are not restrictive. It actually creates safety in your relationships because you've communicated what you expect. And when they meet those expectations, there's safety. When they don't meet those expectations, they know that there's consequences and that you may not be able to stay in that relationship. So you need to know your boundaries first. If you don't know them yet, begin to process that. The very first line on the football field, set your boundaries. The very first step, set your boundaries. Number two, second line on the football field, know your partner's boundaries. Know your partner's boundaries. How do you find that out? You simply have a conversation. And I say simply conversation, but I know those conversations aren't easy. But you gotta have a conversation. Maybe one of the best things that you could do, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Sometime next week, you could spend time with your partner, whether you're dating or you're married, and you could sit down and you could ask your partner, hey, what's one of the boundaries that you have in your life? When Kyle and I, my husband Kyle and I, when we were uh, friends just getting ready to become dating partners, uh, we were 26 years old and I remember this conversation that we had very vividly like it was yesterday. I lived in a condo and he was at my house and we were in the living room and we were having a conversation and I knew his story and I knew he had past mistakes in the area of sex before marriage. He knew my story and he knew I had made past mistakes in the area of having sex before marriage. And as we were processing becoming a dating couple, I remember I knew I needed to have this conversation. And I remember standing there in my living room looking at him and I remember saying, Kyle, I've made a lot of past mistakes. And it's led to a lot of hurt. I've had to face a lot of consequences because of those decisions. And I'm growing with Jesus now. And I'm learning that God has some really healthy boundaries that I want to protect for my future marriage. And at this point, we were, like I said, we were 26 years old. And so as we were getting into this dating relationship, I knew we both kind of felt that it. it was like, this is serious and this dating could lead to being married which we went from dating to engaged to married in six months, so it actually did. <laughs> and I remember sensing that in that time. And so this is someone that I loved, someone that I saw a future with. And I remember I hesitated to say the last sentence out loud to him. And that last sentence was, Kyle, I just want you to know, I don't wanna have sex before we get married. And 
I don't even like to admit this right now. I remember thinking, what if he doesn't agree? Like I might lose somebody that I really care about if he doesn't agree. And he just looked at me and he said, me too, me too. Like we've made too many past mistakes and not that we're gonna get it perfect, but we wanna honor God this time. And so we sat down together and we didn't do that whole season perfect, but what we did was we sat down and we started to identify what are some boundaries that we're gonna put in place in our dating relationship. Like we're not gonna sleep overnight together. Hello, like why do we do this as people? It's like we set boundaries I don't want to have sex before marriage, but then we sleep together in the same bed. That's not going to go well. Like, so I just, what we did is we began to set some boundaries. Then what happened was we got married and it wasn't just a couple weeks into marriage. And I remember Kyle coming to me and he said, hey, I've got to talk to you. And he began to get tears in his eyes. And he said, God really pressed on on my heart This morning, he gets up every single morning at about 5 a.m. and he sits in his chair and reads his Bible. That's part of his routine. And he said to me, hey, I uh, felt God telling me I gotta ask for forgiveness and we together have to ask God for forgiveness for our past sin. And so together we cried and we prayed to God and we said, God, will you forgive us for our past sin? Will you forgive us for the mistakes that we made? in our dating relationship, and will you help us, God, to have a healthy, godly marriage? Because we can't do it without you. So here's what I wanna say, is if you are somebody today, that is, this conversation is happening as I'm talking this out with you, you're thinking one of two things. One, someone's crossed your boundary, or you're thinking, man, I keep crossing my partner's boundaries. I keep disrespecting the person I'm in relationship with. I keep disrespecting God. I want you to know that you can ask for forgiveness. And in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We're gonna focus on that word repentance. So it's one thing to go ask for forgiveness of somebody and ask God for forgiveness, but then there's repentance. Do you wanna know what repentance simply means? It means to turn. It means to change. Repentance means to turn and to change. And so that means at the moment that you become aware that you have crossed somebody else's boundaries, it's no longer, if you wanna ask for repentance, if you wanna repent, if you wanna ask for forgiveness and repent, It's no longer okay to keep saying I'm sorry, but not change your behavior. And I know changing behavior takes a ton of work. That's why you need God. That's why we need God. Right here it says, but everyone to come to repentance. God loves us so much that he wants to change us from the inside out. And he can. You and I on our own sometimes can't. But get this, if you've been crossing somebody that you've been in relationship with, you've been crossing their boundary, and you know their boundaries, it's no longer okay to just say I'm sorry and not change. And I know for most of us, we need God's help when it comes to change. You can get back in the game 
You can get back on the football field. I feel like in Kyle and I's marriage, when we went to God in that moment, gosh, it's 10 years later and I remember it like it was yesterday because it was one of those moments that was so deep and so authentic. And I believe God was there with us and he's helped us in some of our insecurity in our moments. So what does it look like to ask for forgiveness and to repent? All right, so step number one, set your boundaries. Step number two, know your partner's boundaries. Step number three, respect God's boundaries. Respect God's boundaries. From the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of the Bible, God set some boundaries for Adam and Eve. God said, you can eat from any tree, any tree in the garden, except for this one. And what did they do? They ate from the one because it's the human nature that is just in us, right? And in the moment, do you know why God set that boundary though? He set the boundary because he wanted to be in perfect relationship with them. He loved them so much that he did not want sin to enter the world. He wanted to be in perfect union with them. The moment they ate from that apple, from that tree, sin entered the world. And here's what happens is you and I, We think of God's boundaries in relationships and God's boundaries in our spiritual life. We think of them as restriction when that is not who God is. God is not a controlling God and it's actually a ton of freedom when you just decide, hey, I'm gonna follow God's boundaries. I'm gonna follow the boundaries that God has laid out for a life because he loves us so much that the reason there are boundaries in a dating relationship is because he wants to protect your future marriage. The reason that there's boundaries in these areas is because he sees something for you that he wants for you because he loves you so, so much. But where you and I get in trouble is in our sinful nature, we, we get like this like rush to rebel, <laughs> this attitude to rebel. And that's not the heart of God. Um, The heart of God is not to make your life suck. (laughs) The heart of God is actually to save your life, to help you live a life that you never thought you could have, you never thought was possible. In Colossians 2, 20 through 23, uh, there are three scripture verses that explain God's heart. And God's heart for us is not a list of rules. It's not following a religion. God's heart is that he wants to grow us in godly wisdom. He wants to grow us in character. He wants to grow us in dependence on him. And so in this scripture, it shares, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teaching. Verse 23 says, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. What does that mean? There's a a lot of like bigger words in all of that. It was a little longer. What does all that mean? All that means is that following Jesus and respecting God's boundaries is not a list of rules. It's not the Old Testament list of rules. When Jesus came, he came so that he could 
uh, die on our behalf to bridge our sin and help us be in relationship with God when we choose that. And through that relationship, we get 100% truth and 100% grace that we can live out God's truth and when we mess that up, we can go ask for forgiveness and then do what? Repent. And we can turn and we can change with God's help. What this scripture tells us is that the walk is a maturity in Christ. What does maturity in Christ mean? It means think about how you treat people. You might have a list of rules you follow and you might even tell people, well, I go to church, I read my Bible, and I pray. I mean, I don't treat people that well. Uh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't control my impulses that much. I don't respect people, but I, but I go to church and I read my Bible. It's not about following the religion. It's about God changing your heart. It's about walking out a walk of maturity with Jesus. And it's okay on the days that we don't get it right and, and we don't uh, get it perfect. There's grace where we can, we can make that right with God and we can make it right with other people. Here's what I'll say about a dating relationship. If you're in a dating relationship and you are a follower of Jesus, it is so important that you pick somebody to be in a relationship with, a dating relationship, because remember, what's the goal of a dating relationship? What's the goal? Marriage. Marriage. If that's the goal, if you are following Jesus, you must pick someone who is following Jesus to date. Otherwise, you are wasting your time. And I've heard story after story say, yeah, but, and you can risk it. You can choose to risk it. Biblically speaking, uh, it's said in there, equally yoked. And I've often thought, like, what in the world does that mean, equally yoked? That means that if you're following Jesus, you need to be equally yoked to someone else who's following Jesus because guess what? Your values are gonna come from your spiritual walk with Jesus. And if you start your dating relationship off on those values, one of you believes in those values and the other doesn't, you're gonna have constant tension all the time and a pattern of trying to convince and control. And that's why these boundaries become so important. Because you can say, these are my boundaries. And you don't have to believe what I believe and you don't have to have the values I have, but if you wanna date me, this is what I expect. So the other part of that that's so important is that we surround ourselves with people who are gonna support us on the journey, right? Who are gonna help us to respect God's boundaries, who are gonna influence us to respect God's boundaries. Just this last week, I talked to a young couple 20-somethings, Dan and Alice, and they told me a little bit of their story, and they said, when we were dating, and we were dated for a while, I had told my best friend, Dan said, I told my best friend that I decided and Alice decided that we didn't want to live together before we got married. He goes, my best friend looked at me and goes, that's so traditional. Why would you do that? You could save a whole lot more money if you moved in together before you got married. You could also like uh, just do the trial run then, make sure like you're good and she's good and you guys are gonna be okay. And Dan was like, when I got that advice, I thought, no, like these are the boundaries I've set 
Alice set the same boundaries. We're going to follow the boundaries that God has asked us to follow. And studies indicate, there's been tons of research done, studies indicate that more people get divorced who have lived together before marriage than don't. And let me tell you, a divorce is way more expensive than the few months of rent you're going to save by living together before you get married. And I know some of you have walked that journey. I know you have. And I want you to know that God meets you in that journey. And I want you to know that it is never too late. It is never too late to get onto the football field, to grab the football and to get in the center of what God wants for your life and for your relationships and for your marriage. It's never too late and the goal, the goal for healthy relationships and healthy boundaries is that when you set your boundaries and you're clear about those and you can communicate those and you know your partner's boundaries and then you're both going down the field the same way with God's, by respecting God's boundaries in the middle, that's what it's all about. And guess what? You can get a touchdown in your relationships, when you live and respect God's boundaries. And I know there's a ton of you that are thinking, whew, I've messed this up a million times. I have let people come into my boundaries and live outside of the boundaries I've set. I have not respected my partner's boundaries. God loves you. He loves you so much that at any point in your journey, He's going to get in the game with you if you invite him in. And he's going to help you every step of the way. And I'm telling you, I would not be standing here if I believed that it was too late. If I believed that the mistakes that I made in my past made me unworthy of God's love and his direction and his leadership for the future, I would not be standing here today. I would not be married to a man who loves Jesus. I would not be imperfectly living that out in our marriage every day and trying to teach our kids what that can look like. You are worthy of a life and a relationship where Jesus is at the center because that's how much God loves you. He wants that for you. So today, my prayer for all of you is that as you watch the game tonight, that honestly, I hope that God meets you as you watch the game tonight and he reminds you of the boundaries that you need to set. He reminds you of knowing your partner's boundaries and he reminds you to respect his boundaries as you go down the field of life. And then next week as we talk more about it's not you, it's me, we're gonna talk about marriage and we're gonna talk about the marriage connection and relationship and I'm so excited. My husband, Kyle, is going to be joining me to team teach that one. And there's a message that God has laid on his heart. And so I want to encourage you, uh, make sure you're here. Invite uh, anyone in your life that you think this, a message about marriage and marriage connection would really add value to them. Because we're here to be on the journey together. And I love you all so much. So let me say a prayer before we leave. God, thank you for who you are and who you are to us. Thank you that you love us so much that you wanna help us in our relationships. And so God, I pray that you meet every person who is single. 
You meet every person who is married. You meet every person who has a story of being divorced and is now single again or divorced and now married again. God, I pray you meet every blended family. I pray you meet every teenager. I pray you meet every young adult. I pray, God, that your voice is louder than any other and that, God, we can continue to grow in our maturity by respecting your boundaries that you have for us. I love you so much, and we're going to keep following you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.